What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and welcome to episode four of the Lunch Break Podcast. Here on the Lunch Break Podcast, I interview true sales practitioners, have them tell their stories. We all learn incredibly valuable things from what they've gone through, and then we all get back to work. So today, I'm very excited about my guest. We connected on LinkedIn a while ago. She is all over the place on LinkedIn advocating for salespeople. I, I just love everything that she does. Casey Jones is here. Super happy to have you, Casey. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, James. I'm very, very happy to be here. So, uh, like I said, we kind of connected uh, earlier this year, I feel like. And, and I feel like I, I spoke with you almost right before I feel like you kind of like took off. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember we had a conversation. I was like, wow, she's so passionate and, you know, she's doing so many cool things. And then you made a video uh, and, and I can't remember what it was about, but it just like got explosive, you know, exposure. And then you are now, uh, you know, I, I was on, tuned into the webinar you did with Trish and John Barrows and yeah. you know, you're just, you've completely immersed yourself in the <laughs> which I think is great. I mean, yeah, you're it's a been a fun example. experience for sure. That's awesome. So, uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Let's uh, yeah. tell us about how you uh, got started in sales and, and yeah. why you're passionate about it. Yeah. So, um, I will, I will try not to go into crazy amounts of detail. So bear with me while I kind of give you the, a little bit of the long story. Hey, I went, that's why we're here. So I went to a super nerd college. I went to Reed college. It's like super intellectual, um, I was a political science major. I volunteered on multiple um, political campaigns. When I graduated from college, I knew I could go to grad school. I know I could. I knew I could um, be in politics or work in nonprofits. And I guess because this is what my dad do, I kind my dad did. I kind of knew that I could go into finance. Okay. That did not appeal. I got really burnt out on politics. I was not ready for grad school. I literally had no idea what a person could do for a living. So what's a really obvious choice when you are a fairly smart kid, you can communicate well, I can write a, the hell out of a research paper, <laughs> and I'm pretty good with people, uh, you go into sales. And so uh, like Portland, I live in Portland, Oregon. I, that's where I went to college, that's where I stayed. Back then, it was really hard to get a decent job in Portland. So you're looking at like freaking Craigslist and you know not a lot of opportunities. And so I wound up just doing a ton of like scrappy sales jobs and wound up realizing I was pretty damn good at it. So one of my first um, jobs, we it was like a total <laughs> boiler room. We cold called realtors trying to sell them Google ads. This is over 10 years ago. So that was like wow. revolutionary. Yeah. Um, we were never allowed to call the same person twice. Mm. And if you didn't have billing information for their credit card within 10 minutes, your manager made you hang up the phone. So that is, that's a real boiler room. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was just bonkers, right? And then after that, I sold also again, all over the phone, really expensive client hosting 
packages for like the masters and the U S open and the final four. So lots of weird stuff, but I was closing deals. And then I went into it telecom and, uh, consulting really boring. And, um, then, uh, some, I was actually like, pro, I prospected a guy about telecom. And while we were on the phone, he was like, Hey, I don't know if you're looking for another job, but if you are, send me a, a private email. And, um, and this was my first tech company. And so within a couple of weeks I wound up, um, and this was the first time I actually was an SDR and was I wasn't super stoked to like take the step back from closing deals to simply sourcing them, but I really recognized that this was the industry I wanted to be in. And sometimes you got to take a small step back to take a giant leap forward. And that was kind of the beginning. And while I wound up managing the whole inbound SDR team there, and that's when um, I really started partnering with marketing. And that's Right after that is when they actually created a new job um, for field marketing. And I, that was my first full-time marketing gig. And that was the start of my career in marketing. So I, um, that's really my focus now. But I'm, yeah. I'm a marketer who, you know, I'm not about branding. I'm not just about content. I'm about sourcing qualified leads for sales people. So I'm a marketer, but my heart is on the sales team. And one of the reasons why I'm so crazy passionate about SDRs is I think that is like the perfect entryway to business. You learn how to communicate. You learn what pe business people care about. You learn how a business works. You learn about marketing. You learn about sales. You learn about operations. You learn about budgets and finance. Like, all of a sudden, if you are one of those people out there, which I think there's a ton of, where you know you want to be in business and you literally have no idea what you want to do, or you just aren't sure, starting a career as an SDR is the perfect like gateway to a career in business. You can wind up going into a million different jobs as a result. And that's why like, and I think SDRs are like the most underrated people in an organization. Excuse my French. I think shit rolls downhill. And oftentimes that's, that's, the, that's the reality of being an SDR. And they don't get the love that they deserve because their job is ridiculously hard. And it's often thankless. And, um, and so that's why in the, the, the video you were talking about was me kind of preaching about how everyone needs to give their SDRs a little more love and SDRs need to recognize that like you're doing really great hard stuff and this is just the beginning of a whole big career. Yeah. I mean, you've said so many things that, that uh, I think will resonate with so many people. I'll kind of just take it back to the beginning. Um, yeah. So I can completely relate to the feeling of not even really knowing uh, what a person could do. Yeah. It wasn't I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what was, a, what was possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think the interesting part about that is um, I, I have felt that way, but I felt that way because uh, uh, I thought maybe the reason I felt that way was because I didn't go to a four-year college, yeah. right? I went to a very, like, a two-year, uh, you know, specific tech college. And so yep. I thought 
maybe that's why I got out and felt like I had no clue what was possible. But it's interesting because you had a, you know, you obviously were on a very, um, you know, academic path and had, uh, you know, exposure to different things, but it was just those things. Oh, without a doubt. It was all intellectual and academic and like, no joke. I mean, you know, I could read a ridiculous amount of of uh, textbooks every night. I could write a research paper. I had I graduated with zero practical skills in anything, like truly, truly. And that is, uh, that's such and, an interesting take. And I mean, I think this is probably uh, we could do a whole series of podcasts <laughs> on whether or not you know uh, you know how how well prepared you are when when you leave college. I mean, I felt yeah. the same way, right? I mean, I I uh, yeah. had a very specific skill. And uh, really no other skills. I, I, I literally remember uh, all of my classes revolved around uh, major in digital audio production. So it was all, you know, engineering and sound and things like that. Yep. The one class that I took that I actually felt like was preparing me for the real world was my public speaking class. So interesting, right? And like, this is, I, I think this is just as common. So a lot of people... And you hear, you hear horror stories all the time of people that are like halfway through medical school or law school and they realize, oh, I actually really hate this. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, you might, you might think at the beginning of college that you know what you want to do. And like, look, if you had told me, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to win an Oscar someday <laughs> or, or I'm going to run for Congress, right? Yeah. And like, those are two things that like, you know, that's what I was like sure of. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of trial and error before you have any clue what you actually want to do. And it's one reason why I think sales is such a great opportunity early on is because you're also talking to so many other people who have a totally different job than you and work at a totally different company. You start to learn about all these different companies doing different things. Like that's one of my favorite things about sales. Holy moly. You learn how many ways there are to make a buck in this world and not just like a buck, but like a hundred million of them. And like, you will find out about all these companies where you're like, how is this a big successful company? Like I had no idea that this niche little thing could exist, let alone be super successful. And so in sales, you get exposure to all these other companies and all these other people outside of your own company. And then within yours, it's like, if you're doing a good job as an SDR or a salesperson, and I recommend this to every kind of SDR out there, go ask someone on your customer success team to coffee. Go ask someone in on the product team. Go ask an engineer. Go ask someone in finance. Ask them about their job and what they do and what they love about it and what they hate. Because one, you'll find ways that you can actually make their lives easier. So like an SDR, you could be feeding back to product all the objections you're getting or all the things people are saying about the product, super helpful. We don't do that enough. So one, you can add more value within your own company, but you can also learn a ton about all the other possibilities out there, like where you might want your career to go. No, I, I I think, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's about, um, you know, the exposure to possibilities. I, I remember very similar to you, like, okay, so, uh, I'm 
decent at talking to people. I enjoy being around people. I've always been a good communicator. I did theater in high school. And so I was like, okay, maybe yeah. I can, you know, I can do sales. Mutual right? theater nerds. Love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all four years. Yes, uh, me too. I, I, I was a horrible singer. So I was always in the chorus. Oh, um, me too. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I remember I was working in wireless retail and somebody came in and he was an outside uh, sales rep for Swisher, the uh, hygiene company. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was, we just kind of started talking. And yeah. at that point, I was like two or three years into retail and starting to feel the, you know, drag of it kind of starting yeah. to wonder how long I can do this. Is, yeah. is this something that I want to do forever? And I just remember thinking like, here's this guy, he's got this company car and he, he drives and he gets to go visit clients and, and, you know, he sells, uh, you know, paper towels and toilet paper. <laughs> and you know, it's, so it speaks to what you mentioned. Like, I didn't even know this was possible, you totally. know, and then I ask him how much he's making and I want to just fall out of my chair, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's more, you know, than I'll make if I hit all of my steps. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think uh, sales in general is is obviously a great gateway. And I feel like that is common knowledge now. But it's there's becoming no a lot more so. Yeah, but there's no structure around making sure that, you know, kids that are coming up and about to enter the, the, the real world know about it. You know, I was thinking about it um, today on the way to work, like, uh, what would it take to just, I mean, I, at this point, I just want to start going, uh, and I thought about this and it's super creepy and I would never do it, but just like hanging out at the high school. Like yeah, don't do that. And like, Hey kids, <laughs> you should be in sales. You know, yeah. I'll probably, uh, get in trouble for that. But no, I mean, just because I feel like there's, um, I wish somebody had said that to me. Yeah. I wish somebody had come and said, okay, so like, not only is there this thing called sales, but there are all of these different things that you can do within sales and every business sells something. And so every business, you know, you're going to develop a skill that is now transferable across yeah. so many different things. And you're a great example of that, right? So you uh, started out in this kind of scrappy world, uh, yeah. you know, and then, and then, and then, you know, uh, kind of carried those experiences into yeah. each of your next ones and then you get into a position where now you have the opportunity to like you said start talking to other departments at the company yeah. you're working for and and start thinking about okay well wow I, I really do have some strengths on the marketing side of things and um it just uh, has led to you know this whole new career that yeah. you wouldn't even been able to imagine and no. uh, I just think I that that's you're spot on. I had no idea that it was a possibility. And what's really interesting is like, I actually think that I'm a better marketer because I started in sales and I was never really trained to be a marketer. It was like, I kind of figured things out as I went. I read a lot of blogs. I took a bunch of HubSpot courses, like stuff like that. But the lack of formal training, I think actually wound up being a, an asset for me because I don't, one of the tough parts, I think, at least in the startup world and and in marketing in general, things change so quickly. Yeah. And if you come from a really well-defined sort of discipline or background, you're often hamstrung by the fact that like, you know, this is how things are supposed to be done. And I didn't, I had no clue how yeah. things 
wasn't supposed to be done. And that wound up working out really well for me. Um, I'm sure a lot of that was pure dumb luck, but it also, it's, it's been like a real kind of niche for me in my entire career of like, you know, there's always these stories of like sales and marketing kind of being at each other's throats. And that's never been my experience. Like normally I'm like really close friends with everyone on the sales team and they're like my people because I actually get what they're looking for and and what they need. Well, and they know that you know that in a real way. It's there, I think for salespeople, there is this level of trust uh, that is uh, kind of held between all of us when we know we've been like, I know she knows that totally. you know, these are the kind of days that I'm having as an SDR when I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm talking to nobody and sending emails into the ether. And um, as opposed to somebody saying like, oh, well, you know, I've read books about selling or, you know, it's like a deeper layer. You kind of know like, all right, well, you know. And like, I think one thing people don't talk about that much is the challenge and like the cognitive dissonance of sales, right? And what I mean by that is, okay, so the other, this is basically selling. The other thing I did when I was still in politics, when I thought I would run for Congress, um, I did door-to-door canvassing Mm. for political kind of causes. And what was such a, just a, I don't know, just a challenge, like a mindset challenge, is that you had to approach every single door as if it was the only one that mattered. And the moment they slammed that door in your face or said something awful to you, which let me tell you, happened a lot, um, you then had to feel like it didn't matter at all. And that's how sales is. It's like you have to pour your heart and soul into every call, into every... um, appointment into every meeting, but you also have to not let it get to you when it doesn't go your way or when it's not a good fit. And it's, we don't talk about how challenging that is from just like a mental health perspective and like a mindset perspective. And I've never had a manager that really like coaches their team on that. We, We coach on messaging and cadences and time management, but not on the like, like how hard it is to be rejected like 98% of the time. Like that's super hard. And it's, it's especially tough when you're early on in your career and you're, you have no idea what you're doing about anything and you're kind of insecure about everything, which is super normal. Yeah. Um, Well, and not to mention, uh, you know, uh, most places don't have great onboarding either. Oh, God, right? no. So, I mean, you're dealing with that too. And, yeah. you know, that, that cognitive dissonance you spoke about is so real because, especially now, right? Because there's this big push for personalization and not just, you know, uh, oh, oiling yeah. the and things like that. So you do have to care. You have oh, to yeah. care. And then you have to not care. Exactly. Very, and I think... The, the strain that that puts on you uh, can, can be taxing, but yeah. it also builds really good muscle memory for, 
you know, life in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, you learn to not take things so damn personally. Mm-hmm. Or you don't and you get out of sales real fast. But, real and then when, but then once you move into closing deals, it's like, you know, you'll have those deals that they look, all signs point to yes, or at least until you learn to look at more subtle signs. Yeah. And you'll be so convinced that you're going to close this massive deal and then the guy ghosts you. And it is like, you know, and you see every young salesperson go through it. It's like such a roller coaster. And it's yeah. really interesting for me now because now I work with a lot of early stage founders that are selling their product themselves. And there's this like awful process that they go through where early on they're selling to like friends and their personal network. And oh man, that sales process is so freaking easy. And they think it's going to be like that. And then they start selling outside their network and it'll be like, they'll have one call with someone who like, they have not, they have not verified that this is actually the decision maker. They haven't talked about budget. They haven't talked about timeline, but they give a demo and the person's really nice about it. And they're like, Oh my God, this is going to be such a huge deal. And you're like, Oh baby boy, like you can't get that excited so early. Like it's going to just crush your soul. Um, and like in general, like we just don't, there isn't a lot of information or like, we don't talk about that. (laughs) You're completely right. I mean, I am uh, the best manager that I ever had, uh, was one that completely emotionally supported us as a sales, like not, um, as she was, um, I mean, we called her like mama bear. Like she like (laughs) literally, somebody would come in and um, I still worked in retail and like she could pick up if somebody, something was off with somebody and she would, you know, like scoop them up and, and just, you know, support them emotionally because they're such a roller coaster. And I've been been in sales for, you know, 10 years and it still happens to me. I have to check myself daily uh, to make sure that I kind of remain in that middle. Like, okay, cool. And, and what's interesting is that so uh, the company that I'm at now uh, we are just starting our outbound and uh, some of the early meetings we're getting you know our our everybody else is like yes way to go this is so you know so great and and uh, I'm right there with them yeah but I feel like they kind of look at me a little weird because it's like why aren't you as excited as we are and it's like well well, that a lot harder to close, yeah. guys. <laughs> I know, I know how this goes. Yeah, ninety you percent know, of the time. So it is an interesting thing, and it's not talked about. Um, but I think if if the more that we start uh, turning an eye to looking at uh, supporting uh, sales teams, and really, you know, should be every team across an organization emotionally, I think yeah. that will start to kind of come to the forefront. Uh, you know, one of the things that you talked about was that uh, having a background in sales has made you a better marketer. And I have to agree, the marketers that I've met and the one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is um, Ted Rubin. Yeah. He is, you know, he's been a CMO for, for quite some time, but, you know, he got started in sales. Yep. And if you talk to him and, and, and you know, listen to kind of the mantras that he has, it's all about relationship building and community building. And that comes from knowing how important that one-to-one 
conversation is and that yeah. customer experience coming down to literally everybody that's involved in the process uh, being able to have those types of one-to-one uh, -one relationships. And uh, I think that, that it's an interesting thing, especially uh, for anybody listening that's an SDR that's early in their career. Look, you're learning uh, about all of the parts of the business, hopefully, yeah. and you're now uh, given the opportunity to, to, you know, Hey, I think I, I, I would enjoy marketing. Right. Yeah. I would, I, I, and then you can go, you know, sit with your, your marketing team and, and do what you did, uh, and, and just kind of educate yourself. Yeah. And it, it was great. So the, the team that I was on when I made that transition, we had a lot of people on the SDR team that went to a really wide variety of roles. We had one woman who became a recruiter, um, we obviously had people that went into like account management and, and sales. I became a marketer. Um, I think we had one person that wound up going into customer success. Um, so it's like, it's, I, I genuinely believe that, um, and the, the trick with this though, if you're an SDR and you want to use this SDR role as your kind of springboard into something else, or at least as your path of exploration into your other opportunities, you've got to be proactive about it. And I think way too many SDRs wait for their boss to be like, hey, you're good at this. Why don't you look into that? No, 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 no. Never no one happen. is going to about that. No one's going to do that. Nope. Like, no one cares about your career more than you do. Even the best bosses, they've got a bunch of people to manage. They're, they can only do so much. Yeah. And they don't want to push you in a direction that, that you maybe don't want to go in. So what I, what I constantly did is in my one-on-ones, I'd always be like, hey, so I like this about my job, but I kind of hate this. What do you think of that? What are other things I could do? And so when this field marketing role, where basically the, my first marketing job was um, the company I was at, if you were an AE that lived, uh, that covered Boston, New York, or San Francisco, you got inbound leads. If you're an AE that covered any other territory, you got Jack. Mm -hmm. So my job was, okay, figure out a way to get them inbound leads. Cool. And super fun. And so when they decided they wanted to create this role, my boss was like, oh my God, Casey would be perfect for this. Like, and he was the one that funneled them to me. And it's only because I was constantly having these conversations with him about yeah. what I liked and what I was thinking about and what I wanted to do and all this stuff. And so he, he had, like, he could have that spark. And it really takes you kind of owning your own career and yes. really being your own self-advocate to make that happen. Completely. And I think, you know, the other part that I would add to that would be if you're an SDR and you're, and you're looking for this position to springboard you, you also have to make sure that you knock it out of the park. Oh, hells yeah. As an <laughs> and that's something that yeah. I think happens, uh, you know, may happen, does happen, and will continue to happen is that... Yeah you get, um, you know, the future eyes and, and, yeah. and, and start thinking about all these things that you want to do. But, you know, it's got to be a balance of, of uh, really immersing yourself in the role, yeah. doing the best you can every single day, dealing with just the, the grind that is being an SDR, yeah. and then doing what you did and, and voicing your opinion. Because, look, managers aren't mind readers either. 
Uh, no. There have been so many times in my career, early in my career, where I was unhappy about something and didn't tell anybody huh. or told a colleague and then it festers and then I'm in a bad mood for four days <laughs> and then it comes up in a meeting and it's, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I might as well bring this up and yeah. then it gets solved and like then I'm immediately so silly for yeah. wasting uh four days. So yeah, I highly recommend, I think one of the best things that happened to me in my career is, so um, when I was working for that IT and telecom consulting firm, and I really hated my job in my life, um, I went to, I went and got my MBA at night while I worked full time. Mm. Um, that was a miserable experience. Don't get me wrong. I probably gained 15 pounds. I was so tired all the time. <laughs> like it was rough. But it was a wonderful experience and it was really good for me. And one of the best things um, that happened in that process was um, I took a negotiation course. Mm. And all of a sudden, it, like, it was like a freaking light bulb went on um, where I realized life is just one giant negotiation. And if you don't put it out there what you want, you're not going to get it period. And that doesn't mean you be a dick about it. It doesn't mean you yeah. be difficult, right? And it doesn't mean you be a whiner. But if you yeah. can say without a lot of emotion, but with clarity and with empathy, like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I would like. Here's what I'm asking of you. Can you do that? Or what can you do? Nine times out of 10, you're going to at least get something you want. You might yeah. not get everything, but you will get closer. So, so I highly recommend like take a negotiation course, read, um, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. Fabulous book about negotiation. One of my favorites. Um, it's, he's an FBI hostage negotiator and his whole thing is like basically empathize with people on the other side. But the, deal, the deal really is like, if you don't exactly what you're saying, if you don't put it out there, you're not going to get it. And if you do put it out there, even when it's scary, you will be blown away by people's response. And if they are a real jerk about it, then you know, okay, maybe I don't want to work here anymore. And maybe it's time for me to look out like outside exactly. of this world. Yeah. Well, you are forcing yourself to deal in reality. Totally. By, uh, because I think a lot of people kind of maybe hide away from it uh, yeah. a little bit and it's easier to uh, internally stew about something <laughs> and it's easier to you know be frustrated and yeah look, it, you know life's too short um, your career is is too short to to not kind of speak up and and one of the things that you said is so so interesting like the way that you say it yeah is is a big part of it and it when you were talking, it made me think of when, uh, I think it was health class, you learn about how to handle, um, you know, confrontations with yeah. your classmates. And it's like, hi, you know, Casey, you did this. It made me feel this way. And next time I wish that it would go this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking like when I was in middle school, like this is so lame and, yeah. and you know, but the truth Such is, a good lesson. that's the best way to handle most totally. things in life. Totally. And it's so, you know, about kind of dealing with the reality of things. I have a saying that I spout a lot, which is the hard way is the easy way. 
Love and it. what is feels really difficult in the moment is the thing that's actually going to make life way easier in the long run, you know, and, and, you know, you can use the analogy of like, okay, you take the stairs instead of the elevator and like, that's going to make you healthier. And yeah, okay. It's a little bit harder in the moment, but the long-term benefits are really, really positive. And I'm a big believer in that in terms of interpersonal relationships, your career, your life, like absolutely everything. Do what is tough that you know needs to be done. Yep. Um, don't hide away from it because you will always regret that. You really will. Completely. And, and being in sales will teach you those lessons, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, uh, you uh, will learn very quickly that yeah. um, I actually saw a quote on LinkedIn right before we came on here that said something to the effect of, um, you know, disappoint by telling the truth instead of appeasing by lying. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you learn that very quickly in sales. It's way better for me to go ahead and tell this person that what I have isn't a fit for them based on what they've told me oh. uh, because stringing them along or just so I, you don't know, have to give any bad news to your boss or things like that. And I, I did those things. Oh, we all did. In my sales career and it sucked. <laughs> it sucks. And like, you know, that's the other like really big lesson. All the best salespeople are the ones that qualify out Yes. Bad opportunities faster than anybody else. And I think that's a really good lesson in life. Okay. You think about it with dating. Do you really want like, you know, and I, I, I've had many girlfriends over the years where they'll go out, out on a date with some guy and they'll be like, yeah, I didn't really like him that much. And then he doesn't call and they're like, God, I'm so pissed. Why didn't he call me? And I'm like, who cares? You don't like him. You don't want to go out with him again. Like, good. It's like a mutual feeling. You can move on. And like, yeah. feels is the exact same way. Like, just cut it, cut the, the cut it know, out. Cut it out. Cut the BS so that you can yeah. focus on stuff that's actually going to be rewarding and is is right for you and your business. Yep, I love it. And uh, you know, I think what you're doing now is very much in line with kind of everything that we've talked about, right? Like uh, learning those lessons. So, so tell us about your company and yeah. what you guys are doing and how people can get in touch with you guys. Absolutely. So um, my business is new. So for the last year, um, over the last year, I've been really focused on the marketing side for early stage startups. And while doing that, I was partnering with another firm that they specialized in outsource sales development, but also outsource deal closing. And uh, we partnered on a bunch of, of contracts. We're really good friends. We wound up moving into the same office because we just liked being around each other. And about, uh, I don't know, two months ago, we were like, why are we partnering? We should actually be one company. So yeah. we started a brand new company um, just about two months ago called Better Growth. And we do everything um, in terms of turning a, a, a stranger into a customer for, um, for B2B companies. Um, we work with a lot of early stage startups, but we work with a lot of more mature um, uh, B2B firms as well, both on the SaaS side, but also services. Um, you can go to bettergrowth.co um, and come and find us, or you can find me on LinkedIn and reach out that way. Um, Casey Jones, Casey with a K. Um, and I will just give you the warning that 
LinkedIn gets kind of inundated for me. So if I respond quickly and then I don't respond, send me another message because it <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm not, I haven't, I'm not ignoring you. I'm not ghosting you. It's just that a bunch of messages have gotten piled up and I've gotten behind. Um, and I love talking to salespeople. I love talking to marketers. I love talking to founders. So um, I'm always down for a conversation about growth and um, revenue acceleration and, and all that nerdy stuff. I love it. I love it. And so that leads us to the last question that I ah. asked every guest that comes on the lunch break podcast it's lunchtime for me here in raleigh north carolina but yeah. i know it's still the morning time for you there yeah. but what is your favorite place to grab lunch what's your favorite so lunch? my favorite place in portland if i'm really in a decadent mood my favorite place is this little french bistro called little bird um their chef has won james beard award like three times i think oh, wow and you get incredible French food, but here's what is really excellent about it for lunch. They do half martinis and half uh, Manhattans and half old fashions. So what inevitably winds up happening is someone will be like, oh, let's just have a half. And then you have three halves and you go back to the office just in a really relaxed, really good mood. Real yeah. good for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and as we're getting into winter, a decadent oh, yeah. French meal with a martini is pretty freaking fabulous. I love it. I love yeah. it. That That is by far the fanciest answer. <laughs> so, well, Casey, I, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, folks out there, I can tell you from firsthand experience, Casey is a, is a source of just so much great real uh, world real experience, knowledge, and, and reach out to her. Uh, thanks again, Casey, for coming Thank on. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And that wraps us up for episode four of the Lunch Break Podcast. Talk to you guys soon.